Welcome to the On The Right Path podcast. I'm Brett Gunning, your host of the show. Today, we continue with our Pete Knoll series as we speak to Denny Fitzpatrick, one of Pete's former players at the University of California, Berkeley. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Denny, great to have you today on the podcast. So excited for our conversation. I'm wondering if we could really just start at your kind of uh, first impressions of Coach Newell. I know you, you headed up to uh, Cal Berkeley coming out of um, junior college. Um, what, what were those kind of first early days with Pete? What, what do you remember most about your first meetings with him? Well, um, the first meetings, uh, actually, uh, I flew up there from um, – uh, from Southern California into Oakland, and I was picked up by Rennie Herreras. Uh, Rennie was the assistant coach and a uh, great guy, fabulous guy. And uh, he took me around uh, the campus and and uh, and got me acclimated on that first day. And then, as I recall, but it's been some time ago, uh, I think we went in and met Pete in, in the office, but I'm not sure about that. But my my initial impression of Pete was what an impressive guy, um, very down to earth. And uh, but you called him Pete, but you knew you really were meant Mister Mister Newell or Sir. Uh, but he <laughs> he insisted everyone call him Pete. <laughs> but he it was a wonderful experience, and uh, I got lucky. I played junior college for Stu Inman, who had. Uh, who wound up being, uh, you know, he was a great coach himself, and he wound up being the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. But Pete, uh, actually, Stu actually uh, convinced Pete to take me. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> that's great. So when you when you um, when you got to Cal Berkeley and and you started obviously practicing and playing with the team what what kind of what do you remember what, what kind of hit you most you know go, going from meeting Pete Newell the man to now playing for him what what were kind of some of your early impressions of, of him as a coach and, and you now playing for him well uh he would uh, coach he came in a you know he, he wore his tennis shoes and uh, and he got right out on the court and uh demonstrated uh things but he was a very very organized, very strict uh, um, coach, in in that uh, he had to do things his way. Or there was there was no other way, and um, he uh, was he he basically broke everything down. And uh, very rarely did we scrimmage. I mean, he had to go. We had guards working on guards and forwards and centers working together, and and a number of routine drills that were essential to uh, the way the game was played. And um, so uh, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't put up with any nonsense on the court, but he was very funny. Every now and then he'd crack a joke and, uh, <laughs> and it was, it was real good, but it was a wonderful experience playing for him. And he had two assistants. He had Rennie as the regular assistant. And then he had uh, uh, Rupe Rickson, uh, who had played for him as another assistant. Um, but it was a great experience. Well, what, are your, what are your, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I was going to say the beginning of the year, you know, you you couldn't you couldn't have regular practices until I think it was uh, October. I forget. So we were in school for a month or so before you could practice. But the early the early stuff was getting in shape. So we had to run uh, a, a long distance up on uh, what we called the hill, which is the hill above Berkeley. And uh, that run was led by uh, Don Bowden, who at the present, who at that time was the uh, world record holder in the mile. And uh, wow. he put us through <laughs> our paces. And then we also had some drills in the in the gym. So we spent like the first month just getting in shape. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What, what is your uh, recollection? If it, hopefully it doesn't bring up bad memories of of his famous. Uh, Hands up drill. What, what do you remember about that? Uh, what what drill did you call that? Oh, I, I believe it was called the hands up drill, where he had you guys oh, ha- in, in up, your yeah. yeah hands hands up. Yeah, that's where uh, that's where everybody got in, uh, you know, in formation. And Pete stood in front of us, and you had to put your left hand up in the air, and then and then Pete would uh, would. Uh, uh, call out forward, back, left, right, and you'd have to slide. <laughs> you'd have to slide in a uh, defensive stance at, at his command. And the first uh, first day you did it, it was about three or four minutes. And I think with the last day, it was like twenty minutes to a half an hour. And that was a killer drill. I mean, you just <laughs> well, most of us couldn't do it at all. I mean, keep our hand up. We had to really kind of fake it. We had one guy, Jim Langley, who was a pretty famous. He could he could have done that for all day long. He was a he became a pro golfer and a very important part of the team. But some of the guys could really do it, and others like me had a hard time. Do you think players nowadays could could do that drill? Oh, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it'd be any easier for him though. <laughs> yeah. So talk he, about he, obviously. He, he had some other drills like that too that were difficult. That's great, but he, but he got you. You guys were in shape, that's for sure. Talk about um, obviously you you had a, uh, an amazing two years there at, at Cal. Um, topped off with your senior season. Here it is. You guys are heading to the Final Four to play Oscar Robertson and Cincinnati in that. First game, but what was kind of your your, your recollection of that? Uh, obviously, just going to the Final Four was a great accomplishment. But what, what was your recollection of knowing? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start off by playing against Oscar Robertson in Cincinnati. We, um, you know, we uh, we had the attitude. Uh, it wasn't cocky, but we just had the attitude that we could beat anybody, and that was because we had Pete Newell. And, uh, you know, uh, we'd been beating everybody. We played against Elgin Baylor the prior year. We should have beat them. We got we got screwed on a deal by the referee in the finals of the regionals. Uh, but we played against a lot of great players. And it, it, it wasn't that concerning because uh, we know that, that Pete would have a strategy for us. And uh, Bob Dalton was assigned to guard Oscar and basically – uh, what we did is we double teamed Oscar, made him get rid of the ball, and not let him get it back. And so I think Bob held him to something like 16 points. And uh, uh, you know it turned out about it was a close game, but 
you know, we prevailed because That's of That's awesome. That's great. And obviously, you know, you, you were, um, you had led the team in scoring that year at about 13 a game. What, what do you, what do you remember about, you know, obviously the championship game now against Jerry West and West Virginia, you scored 20. What, what, what was it that kind of gave you that opportunity to um, kind of get off in that game and, and score as well as you did? Well, I think the, uh, the night before against uh, Cincinnati, I think I only made four points or something like that. And I imagine that the uh, uh, West Virginia saw that game and they thought maybe I wasn't able to do much, and and so they didn't <laughs> pay too much attention to me. But I got a lot of a lot of good opportunities, and uh, fortunately they went in. But uh, that was kind of the way the season was. They you took what they gave you, you know, if you were. You know, and I, there were games when I scored quite a bit and games where I didn't score very much and other guys scored. So that was the way our team was built. That's great. I, I saw that um, in Coach Newell's book, um, A Good Man, which is obviously a, a great a great book, he, he mentioned what, whether he was half joking or half serious that um, had you been on the 1960s, Team, they would have they would have beaten uh, Ohio State. <laughs> Did you uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, uh, my thoughts on uh, on that Ohio State game really are I was actually sitting on the bench with the because uh, I was I was a student assistant at that time for the coach, for Pete, so I got to be spent a lot of time with him. But I think uh, the prior night uh, we had played. Um, uh, Cincinnati again and beat them in a really tough game. And ours ours was the second game. Um, and uh, the first game Ohio State beat, I think, NYU um, in a real easy game. And so that by the time our team got to bed, it was late. You know, they were all charged up with having, <laughs> having uh, uh, beaten Cincinnati again. And um, didn't get all that much sleep, and quite honestly, we were um, we were flat when we came out against Cincinnati against Ohio State, and we yeah. got off to a very very bad start, and um, couldn't 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 catch up. So I think, and if we'd have played them nine times out of ten, I think we'd have beaten them. And I'm not talking about me being involved. I'm talking about that same team, um, right? That we had, uh, but. We didn't, and uh, you know they were a great team. Obviously, sent a lot of guys to the pros, but um, that was my view. I would obviously like to have played against them, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what What was your um, What was your memories? Uh, obviously, some great games uh, you played against UCLA, and um, uh, you in particular had had some great games. What What was your memories of kind of playing against? The, the John Wooden UCLA teams. Um, well, I had uh, I had gone up to when I was at uh, at Orange Coast. I'd gone up to uh, UCLA um, to visit, and I got to meet. And they had some pretty impressive guys. I think Willie Knowles and Johnny Moore and some of those guys. <coughs> and I was very impressed by by them when I saw them. And then when we played them, 
by the time we got to play him, I, I was, you know, now part of the I Believe in Newell <laughs> team. And I realized yeah. that they just put their, as somebody once said, put their pants on one leg at a time. And I don't <laughs> think we had too much trouble beating them. Uh, they didn't have that great a team when we were playing them. I think they're, they had a couple guys that were real good. But um, right. uh, it was interesting playing them. And, and it was, it, the, the mystique about Wooden wasn't there at the time, like like it was later on. But, yeah. you know, he was uh, obviously a great coach and had his guys in great condition. And I do remember that one of the players they had was Rafer Johnson. And Rafer, you know, was the was the uh, uh, gold gold medalist in the, uh, the decathlon. And um, I don't think he'd played much basketball before. But it was pretty interesting playing against him. But anyway, we I think I, they may have beaten us once, but I can't. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So obviously, um, at the time, you know, you're, you're going against Elgin or or Oscar or Jerry West. Did, did you did you have any uh, idea that their careers would kind of go the way they went, or was was that not a surprise to you that that obviously they became uh, the, the great players that they did in the NBA. I think it was uh, very obvious to us. So the first one we played was with Elgin, that he was a great, great player. And we actually had the opportunity to see him play a couple times earlier in the year. We were in the holiday festival with him in New York. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the first look we got at him. And he was unbelievable. In my mind, he was the best player ever. And uh, wow! And uh, he turned out to be, and uh, he did. And then we played against him, you know, that that year. And yeah, and he was he was just phenomenal. And then of course, uh, Oscar. Oscar wasn't quite as flashy as Elgin, and Elgin wasn't flashy, but he was just powerful. But Oscar was more <laughs> finesse, although he was powerful too. But he he could take the ball any place he wanted to with it, dribble with it, and um, and then Jerry West was uh, you know he had a big game against us and and uh, he was very impressive too. I've come to to know him a little bit in Los Angeles and he's a really a fantastic guy and a and a wonderful uh, he was a wonderful player obviously. They uh, obviously you hear about. Um... Uh, you know how how good Jerry West was off the dribble and uh, with that pull up jumper. But as I did my research on you, I, I heard that uh, you had you had a pretty a pretty darn good pull up off the dribble as well. Is that right? <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's anything like Jerry West. I mean, I think uh, my shots uh, developed pretty much off our off our off our offensive motion and. Um, I was a decent shooter for guys in that, those days, but uh, um, it was really the offense we had. But I, I can add one thing about West uh, that you might. We played him again yeah. the next year, um, and I that that was the year that I was sitting in 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 the I was the assistant, you know, as yeah. coach, and um, so we played him again and uh, uh, in the in a holiday festival game in Los Angeles. And Pete had a strategy against them, and that was that um, they had a, a they had a guard who liked to go out the right side, 
of the court all the time. And West always set up on the left side as a forward. Um, so in the first half, I scored, I think he scored zero. And I don't think he touched the ball over once or twice. And, uh, <laughs> and because they just never got the ball to him. It was, it was unbelievable. It was a complete strategy. You know, we normally wouldn't, wouldn't let them get the ball to a forward. But yeah. in in this instance, Pete said, yeah, let them go into that forward, and they'll never bring it back to, to West. And they didn't. And I think he wanted wow. to make six points for the game or something. <laughs> so uh, Jerry West's two uh, least favorite teams are the Boston Celtics and the Cal, Cal Bears, huh? <laughs> yeah, good. Have you heard the – did you hear the story about Pete's funeral? No. Well, they had the um, – Jerry, Jerry was very close to Pete. And Pete, you know, when yeah. Jerry came in into the pros, uh, you've heard all those stories. He, yeah. um, uh, so anyway, he was one of the speakers at, at Pete's funeral, which happened to be in uh, – they had it at Loyola University in yeah. L.A. in the big, uh, the big uh, church there. And so he, he got up to give his um, – uh, uh, eulogy and he was standing on a platform and of course we're all sitting right underneath him and the first thing he said is he, he looked down he looked at all of us he said I still can't believe you guys beat us <laughs> and, then he, and then he went on to eulogize Pete uh, I love it that's great so do you have any any recollections you know here as you go from being a leading scorer in the in the national championship game to the next year you're on the bench kind of sitting next to coach Noah as a, as an assistant. Do you remember any, anything kind of that hit you there going from kind of player playing for him to now working alongside of him uh, and anything stand out to you? Uh, well, just how, uh, what a great coach he was. I mean, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't contribute very much except in practices, uh, uh, you know, my job was to help run the practice, help Rennie run the guards. Um, but I just realized uh, I remember, I remember one 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 thing. We were uh, we were in the coach's room, I think, before playing somebody. Maybe it was UCLA, and and uh, I think one Rennie or somebody said, you know, Pete, I think you I understand UCLA is going to change their offense a little bit to try to make get easier get it easier, something like that. And Pete said, you know, Rennie, anytime they have to change their game to try to play you, I think you got them. <laughs> yeah. And just watching him work. I mean, he, yeah. he, was, he was unbelievable. Um, did, did, it, did it surprise – Tyler, did it, did it surprise you um, when he when he retired at, at the age that he did? Obviously, you know, there was the – health concerns and things like that. But did, did that kind of surprise you or didn't surprise you? That was a big surprise to me. Uh, um, um, I knew that that he was a, a bit of a wreck during the season. Uh, all he did was <laughs> drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. And yeah. uh, uh, But I had no idea that his health was what it was. But I guess it was pretty serious. And uh, it was a good move because he lived to be in his 90s. And uh, yeah. Lived a great life. Talk, talk about that a little bit. I mean, obviously, as as 
players, when you're playing for a coach, there's, there's a level of impact. And then there's always that, those kind of aha moments later on as you get a little bit older. What, what, what kind of hit you as, as you got a little bit older or as your relationship with Coach Noel grew as, as he got older? I mean, what, I, I know you've commented, you, you know, you, you think he's the, the greatest coach of all time but what what hit you as as you got older or as your relationship with him became more of a friendship you know what what hit you more as you got a little bit older about him well um i lived fairly close to him when he was in in palos verdes when he was coaching when he was uh, the general manager for the lakers and mm-hmm. so i got to see a little more of him but I, I mean, I don't really think the level of respect. I mean, just we just all respected him so much, and we felt close to him in a way. But also, uh, he was aloof—not aloof, but he was. You know, we were, we weren't pals or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we had a lot of fun with him. He was funny, but he were he was the boss. And uh, I think the uh, our respect for him, you know, was always there right from the beginning. It probably grew, right. but uh, uh, we just had so much respect for him. Every every single guy, and uh, you know, and and uh, whether you're playing or not, and uh, and he one thing about him, he treated everybody the same. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, he would he would allow guys to come out for the team before, in the beginning of the year. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And so we would practice with like 25 or 30 guys and uh, <laughs> eventually it would kind of wind its way down. But we always had at least 20 because he had like a junior varsity a pra- a team that tried that played some games. So it was important to, and he, he treated every player. I mean, the last guy on there, he gave him as much attention as he did to Daryl Imhoff. And, uh, it was really, and that was obvious. That was obvious how we did it. Wow! And that was like, I think that was one of the his keys to coaching. That's that's that's, that's awesome. And, and was he was he? I know you mentioned he he would be funny and he'd make jokes. I mean, was he a was he a yeller and a screamer? Was he a was he a motivator? You know, was he giving the the halftime pep talk or was it was it more even keel? Um, from a you know from a personality standpoint, what would you say? Uh, it was a, it was even keel. Uh, he was not a yeller or a screamer, um, but um, uh, he would um, he would he would he would insist on on uh, you know on, the, on people doing things right, and if they did wrong in, in practice, they'd have to do them again. Um, uh, he didn't yell. He didn't yell at us. But he did get on the referees quite a bit, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, pretty quiet in a quiet way. But he was he was all, all over them, and um, um, so no, he he just had. Uh, but he was very funny. I don't know if I can um, um, tell this story. Can you cut this out if you don't like it? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, we had Dick Dowdy was our, our our reserve center behind Emoff, and um, um, and uh, so Dick had a had a 
was very unorthodox. And um, so he had like a two-handed jump shot that that looked kind of funny. And so one time we're all there, and he uh, Dick Chate takes his jump shot, and he, Pete blows the whistle, and he has all he has all the guys there, and he goes, Jesus Christ, Dick, doubt he says that that jumper looks like a man throwing dirt on dog shit. <laughs> Of course, that crowd. Oh, oh so man! He, no, he, he had a way to lighten lighten it all up. Yeah, he sure did. Hey, so obviously you you're you know you know he he spent a lot of his later years doing the big man camp. Uh, I guess just a, a question on that as far as uh, anything you remember about that, and and also you know the thing that. Coach Noah got was obviously very well known for later with this big man camp was just the emphasis on on footwork you know and and fundamentals and what was that something that you felt playing for him was a you know I know you talk about the conditioning and and the preparation you know the scouting component was was incredible did do you, do you did you feel that emphasis on on the, the footwork and the fundamentals was that another kind of big part of, of uh his coaching. Yeah, um on on that on that um on that subject I'll come right back to it here. But for example, uh a forward a forward uh was only allowed to receive the ball from the guard in one spot. And that was exactly at where the uh, foul line, the extended foul line yeah. to the yes. and and um the uh, forward had to receive the ball there and get a, get what they call a lead from a guard, or you couldn't throw it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and of course uh, uh, he had the, the proper pivot foot on the right side. It was the right right foot, and on the left side it was the left foot. And and then they had to stand there, get the ball and put it up over their head in case they were going to feed it into the post. So right. That was step one of, of all that. And then uh, the thing I noticed so much was was uh, Daryl Imhoff was a sophomore when I was a junior. And uh, and we had Bob McKean, uh, who had been an All-American center at Cal and was a great player. Um, he came and worked out with us. And he, and he spent uh, most of the early part of every practice at the other end working with Daryl on footwork and how to, you know, how to receive the ball and, uh, and, you know, how to, how to do whatever moves you're going to make, crab dribble, et cetera. And so it became obvious to me, and I'm, I'm sure everybody, that Pete's emphasis was on centers, that centers were the most important part of your team. And they were, right. they always, and uh, um, so, well, I, I I think that if McKean hadn't have been there, Pete would have done that work himself, uh, you know, showing him how to do this. But uh, of course, you know that we we had great centers all the way all the way through. Uh, when I was a junior, we had Don McIntosh, who was not a big guy, but a tremendous scorer, and uh, he he was about six five or six, and he played against the big guys. And then of course the next year. We had Daryl, and uh, 
So I know Pete's, Pete always had emphasis on center play. And, of course, he, he knew how to teach it, obviously. And uh, and uh, it was fun to watch, uh, watch him. I think his first guy uh, was uh, the first one he taught. I can't remember his name now. He's the guy who got in a big big fight and got. Uh, Kermit, yeah, Kermit, right, Kermit, Kermit Washington. Washington. Yeah, 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 Kermit, what, what? Kermit Washington, right? Or yes, Alexander. Yes. Kermit Washington. Uh, Kermit, Kermit Washington. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he worked with him and made him into a real pro. But yeah, Pete, it, it was that. And then I, when I, I, I coached for a little bit after that, and I tried to emulate that too. I realized center play was key. <laughs> Well, and, and that's why I think it, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity of, of working the camp uh, a number of years to, towards the end. And uh, not only was there, um, you know, centers at the camp, but you, you started to see, and obviously one of his great disciples, Kiki Vandeweghe, you know, it, it, it was it was obviously always about the, the center position, but it also grew into it's important for everybody to have footwork, you know, to have the, as you said, the, the ability to, to get open, you know, to create a lead and, and to be able to create space when the defender um, is, is up in you or, or just being able to read, you know, as you know, he'd always talk about counters, you know, it's a game of counters. So I, I, for me, you know, having, I remember um, I was coaching in college at the time on the East coast uh, at the school Villanova. And I remember flying out uh, to the camp in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I remember thinking to myself like, Oh my God, I'm going to go learn all these big man moves. I can't, I can't wait. I can't. And I remember laughing on the way home from the flight because I was like, you know, less, less did I learn about big man moves. But what I really learned was just the importance of, of footwork you know, regardless of a move, it's, it's, can you, can you create space? Can you create separation? Can you get open? Can you seal your man? So anyway, it was, uh, it was incredible, you know, to see the greatness was lied really in the simplicity of, of, of having great footwork, you know? Yeah. One of the, uh, I have another story on that is, is uh, when our, our senior year, um, they we Pete had brought Bill McClintock uh, to play, come play for us. He had been a he was from Milwaukee. He was older, and had gone to junior college in uh, Monterey, and now was coming up to Cal as a as a uh, as an older. He was older than everyone else, but he was going to be a sophomore, and um, and uh, it turned out to be the most important thing to make us our our championship team the team it was but anyway so he came up he's a forward and he's he's pete had a drill that all the forwards did and um he had a lot of forwards maybe 10 or 12 guys and uh <laughs> what they had to do pete would be the passer and um they had to get a lead or you know get get clear and come out to the spot where i mentioned earlier and receive a pass so the guards are down at the other end and we're kind of watching this, particularly when McClendon got out in there, but he because he couldn't do it. I mean, he would come out and he'd get the he'd get the pass from Pete and he'd have the wrong pivot foot. And if he did that, 
he had to throw it back to Pete. And then he'd go back and get a lead and come out, and um, and he he maybe eventually would get a right proper pivot foot, but then he couldn't make a move on a guy guarding him. So he might be in that have his turn for like five or six minutes while all the, <laughs> all the other guys are standing in line waiting their turn. And as we come guard, on, McClintock. <laughs> we're saying, what in the world does Pete think about McClintock? That guy can hardly play. And uh, right. And by about the second game of the year, we realized that he was like one of the maybe the best player, and really knew him was really tremendous. But that wow. that drill, that was really something to watch. That's awesome. That's a great story. That's a great story. So, Danny, I can't thank you enough. I mean, obviously, to have the opportunity to speak to you, um, such a, such a uh, integral part of the the success that Coach Noel had at Cal, and and uh, just the stories were awesome. I know we could continue on, um, but I really want to thank you for just taking some time today to share some of your thoughts. Because again, the, the purpose of what, what we're doing here with this podcast and with this uh, nonprofit organization is really just to try to carry on his spirit, you know, of, of uh, serving others through the game of basketball, you know, the humility that he carried himself with the, um, the points you made about, you know, treating everybody the same and, and, and helping the 12th man as much as the first, you know, so I, I can't thank you enough just sharing the insight that you did um, because it was, it's just some great, great stories. And I really appreciate it. Well, it was my pleasure. I really love the chance to talk about Pete and, um, and you guys, and I love the work you guys do, you and McClintock and everybody. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and uh, hope to talk to you again.